utter the words San Francisco Planning Commission, and you're sure to hear your fair share of sighs, moans, or groans shortly thereafter. And in most cases, the response would be justified. Complaints about this group of appointed city officials outweigh the compliments with extensive and exhaustive processes, inaccessible scheduled hearings, and a lack of proper representation atop that list. With this in mind, SPUR, the San Francisco Bay Area Planning and Urban Research Association, recently convened a group of eight people to answer the question, how could the Planning Commission process be improved, during a panel titled, Re-Envisioning the Planning Commission, an event that saw one of Mission Housing's very own, Shirak Bakta, attempt to answer this very difficult question. On this episode of San Francisco Influx, the podcast staff breaks down the key points brought up by the speakers of the evening and breaks down the best of those ideas. I'm Julio Lara, Senior Communications Manager at Mission Housing, and this is San Francisco Influx. Just remember his intro. We're recording live. From- <laughs> oh, are you actually going to do no. Chirag's intro? No, I'm not. I think we're good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, damas y caballeros. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of San Francisco Influx, uh, Mission Housing Podcast. My name is Julio. I'm the Senior Communications Manager. Congratulations Thank you on so that much. promotion. Let's just make it official. Actually, it was really weird to put it on my uh, uh, my email signature. And uh, so that still looks really, really awkward to me. Who made the joke? Someone made the joke that it's because I had more gray hair, which is totally true. <laughs> You've earned it. You've earned it through your life. Ladies and gentlemen, the laughter you hear is a tenant tenant empowerment organizer, Erin Reeves. Uh, uh, You might remember her from a previous episode with uh, our good friend Joe Fitz over at the San Francisco Examiner. So welcome. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Thank you for having me. As you have heard on the uh, introduction, uh, we're going to talk, we're going to have a little reaction episode to a pretty cool event hosted by Spurs San Francisco um, called Re-Envisioning the Planning Commission, which happens uh, last week. Um, which Mission Housing was very honored uh, to take a part of. And I thought it was really cool how, uh, I mean, we people who don't know about our org, you know, we've grown pretty uh, uh, aggressively over the last couple of years just in terms of the amount of employees that now call Mission Housing home. And it was just really cool how he put out the call to people who wanted to go. And again, you know, it's not like we're at Spur every day. There are some of us who do work over there who do have relationships with people over there. But it isn't like a, a usual field trip to say like, you know, Puerto Alegre to have lunch. This is like, you know, after work hours um, or normal work hours to go and listen to a handful of more than a handful of people who have their ideas about uh, the planning commission here in San Francisco. And we rolled like 12 deep. We did. We definitely, um, and that, if you can hear it in the background, is a phone ringing. Or because Probably our boss call. <laughs> we're in a, a very uh, professional studio right now recording this, aka the office of our boss. Um, but yeah, we, we people showed up and it was, a, I, I think a lot of our staff who'd never talked about the planning commission before, um, we definitely had the loudest cheering section oh, for yeah. g uh, Definitely, definitely came out to support him. Definitely, uh, what's the name of who presented um uh, yeah there's maybe two different orgs there that perhaps have i mean laura foot who presented uh the yimby action group usually rolls pretty deep 
and then uh and spurs their space so. spurs their souls like well maybe they'll be more but not really i mean street dog definitely had the the loudest cheering section and rightfully so he did a really good job so the the event oh, i'll just read the description right real quick although you already heard about it in the introduction but the planning commission across the country advised elected officials and municipal departments on the appropriate growth and development of their cities but complaints about these bodies and the processes that they undertake can be extensive uh, from regularly scheduled hearings that are all that are all but inaccessible to the public due to location and timing, which is very true in, in San Francisco, to politically appointed commissioners not accurately representing the city whose growth they oversee. So the big question was, how could the planning commission process be improved? Um, and that's why they brought in um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight different speakers. Oh wow! Uh, to come talk uh, to an audience about how they re envision, how they would reimagine the planning commission. Um, so it was it was really interesting um, to have all those different perspectives. What was your overall? I guess you know, we're a couple of days. Removed, but what was your overall reaction to the event as a whole? Now that we're, you know, a couple of days removed from it. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think one of the things that I've been thinking about, um, so this big question, how do we make the planning commission process better? And, and I think more accessible is what better means. Um, and I was thinking about this conversation and thinking about the fact that it was happening at Spur, um, which is a space that not everybody feels comfortable in and not not everybody knows what the planning commission is or what it even does. So it's like who should be involved in having this conversation about how to make it more accessible is not even in that space where the conversation is happening. So I think that's one of the things that's been in my, in my brain lately of like, what are all the steps that we actually need to, to take to make it so that the people who should be in that conversation thinking through those things can engage with that question. And I don't think, I don't think we're there yet. I think what stood out to me and even having uh, conversations uh, post uh, presentation or post uh, panel um, is we were talking amongst ourselves yesterday um, about whether or not the panelists actually took to heart what the title of the night was. So in a re-envisioning of it. Hmm. And there were several people who spoke at the panel, and we won't name names specifically, but it wasn't really an envisioning or reimagining as much as it was, hey, let's tweak it a little bit so that we improve it for the people who are already benefiting from it the most. And our Definitely. our colleague, again, we're going to shout out Shirag a ton today or in the next, what, 15, 20 minutes. Um but I think he and there was uh, Cindy Wu, who is part of the Chinatown Community Development CCDC here in San Francisco, were were two of the only ones who spoke who really. Uh, I mean, I, I may be simplifying a little bit too much, but essentially said, "Let's blow it up because that's the best way to do it. Let's just blow it up, and let's just really re- reimagine and envision it to uh, a point where it really helps the people that it's supposed to help." Right? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think for sure they were the ones who were asking those questions of who has who currently has access and how do we actually change it so that low-income communities, marginalized communities are 
the people who are being served and not developers, which is the way that it currently is. Or yeah, I'm not just, even and it was brought up during it, so we're not we're not out of line uh, when we say it. But you know the uh, the people who benefit from it the most, and the people who actually um, who the people who 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 crutch it the most are wealthy white people in in San Francisco. So in a sense, they are the the biggest problem. Yet um, we are trying to. Uh, well, there were people there who were trying to reimagine and re-envision the planning commission in a way where uh, we allow the people who are uh, damaging it, the process the most to actually have an easier time to do that. <laughs> and that was pretty that was pretty mind blowing to me. Yeah. Uh, the one presentation that was saying we should have less democracy and less participation. I was I was sitting there. Definitely biting my tongue through that presentation. It Shout out to everyone who was in the audience, actually, <laughs> who bit their tongue. Well, not just during that. I mean, obviously, we are, we're we're biased in the way that we think here at Mission Housing. But um, you know, everyone there was you know standing room only at Spur, and I've been to events where uh, you know you know it's comfortable to sit there, and and then the other events like the other one where it's like you know everyone's you know trying to. There was actually somebody in the spirit of inaccessibility who was actually watching or listening from outside the door because they couldn't pay the $10 to get in. Oh, seriously. Yeah, so there was a, it was a dude who was just, just like watching through the, through the, the, the glass door. <laughs> and if that's not, that's if that's a not a metaphor yeah. for what was going on on that particular day, I really don't know what In it is. In that space, that is so messed up. Oh, I did not notice that. Yeah, you were. I was trying to absorb, uh, observe, and I think in one of those. Oh, you know, I wasn't. I, I wouldn't. I, I think I was looking for uh, my boss. Uh, he had stepped out for a second, so I was kind of looking back to see who was coming back, and I saw. I was like, Oh, there's. Why don't you just let this dude in? And, you know, it's like. It's not going to hurt them. No, they've already gotten a bunch of money. Yeah, come on, Spurs sliding scale. Come on. Um, let's go through some of these. Um. Let's see here. So, just a quick list of people who presented on on the after, on the evening. Uh, we already mentioned our friend Shira Bakta, Laura Foot representing EMB Action, uh, Ron Miguel uh, of Better Market Street Community Advisory Committee, and an um, old president of the board, former, yes, or not the board. I'm sorry, of the uh, commission. commission. Yes, John Rame, who's part of the commission now. Cindy Wu, who we mentioned, CCDC, a big developer, uh, nonprofit developer in San Francisco. Yes. Um, and just quick note on John Ram. He's the uh, director of the planning department now, though actually only for two more weeks. Two more weeks. Yeah. yeah right. So the commission is his boss. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Um, uh, Melissa Johnson, uh, who's part of the commission, uh, who spoke first, actually. Uh, mm -hmm. Tyra Fennell of Imprint City and Michael Yarney of Social Construct, who are all part of the, of the evening. Um, let's go through them real quick because we don't have a ton of time to talk. go through all the points. Uh, should we save Chirac for last or do we do him first? Ooh, I think we should do him first because I I mean, like I said, I'm biased, but I think he raised, he started the night and I think he, well, after Millicent Johnson, who kind of introduced the planning commission and what they do, and what they do um, which maybe we should say that for anybody who's listening who doesn't know what the planning commission does. They are a body of seven people who advise the mayor and the board of supervisor on planning decisions for the city. So Anything about development, about transit, about land use, they have a lot of power in determining how the city is getting built and getting created and who gets to live here. 
and take, uh, speak a little more about how these people are appointed. Mm. Um, so some of them are appointed by the mayor and some of them are appointed by uh, the president of the board of supervisors. None I of them. I think it's like a four or three split. One of those two, right? Yes. Uh, and I'm, I'm not sure this just to note, we are not experts on the planning commission, which I actually think is important because I think all of us, even those of us who aren't experts should be having this conversation and thinking about this topic. Cause in San Francisco where development and who gets to live here is such a crazy important issue right now, we should all, all be engaging in this topic. Well, the first thing we should talk about then about Shudog's presentation was him um, making it very clear just how powerful this commission is because land is power. It's political power wherever you go. 100%. And especially here in San Francisco where it's so expensive. Another thing that I've been thinking about specifically from his, his presentation on this topic is he made he had the line that Having land in San Francisco gives you a military-backed right to the city. And that that is something that we don't think about. That if you own a home, you have a force with guns who will protect your right to that land. And other people who don't who don't own a home don't have that same right. It's it's really about power. It's straight up about power. I think he was the only one to really speak to that power. Yeah. And our friend is 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 obviously a very influential organizer in the mission. Um, he loves to uh, brag about um, being Frisco born, Frisco <laughs> raised from the TL Galileo High School. Yeah. Uh, um, what do you call it? Brag. He's so proud of it. And um, he he's because he does this every day. He understands just how important that power is and how like. Even people who don't have it, who should want it, don't want it because systematically they've been oppressed to even, you know, not even think of it as a right of theirs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really, you know, powerful to really set the night with that tone. Um, like, let's not play about what we're talking yeah, about. That's not. This is, yeah. And and I think there's a way, he, he said another thing that I've been thinking about too, where planning, I think in particular, is made to seem really technical. And, and that obscures the fact that what we're talking about here is, is power. And it's made to seem like, oh, it's a math equation, right? If you get the numbers right, it's logical how we should do this. And actually there's, there's bias and there's people's lives at stake. A lot of it. Yeah. And, and talking about it as just a purely technical thing where you have to have a certain degree of education to engage in that conversation is just a way to hide that actually this, this is talking about how everybody lives in this space together. It just reminded me of this line in, in a movie called, uh, I don't know if you saw the big short. Uh, I um, did see the big short. Yeah. I think it was early on in the movie. It might've been Ryan Gosling who said uh, that, Banks make everything come up with these really technical terms about money because they just want you to forget that, you know, they're the ones that are handling it. They, and that's another, you know, obviously wealth is power. So in trying to um, confuse people by terminology or even the messaging that goes out about how difficult it is to understand this sort of stuff, uh, there is going to be a, a large part of the population who turns an eye and just was like, all right, whatever. It's too hard. I don't want to understand about it. I don't, Ex- I don't, I don't really care. Exactly. And that's exactly what people who already have that power want you to do because you just leave them alone and let them do their, their job. Yeah. You either don't care or you feel like I, I actually can't be here. I'm too intimidated to be in this space because I don't have that background. I don't have that knowledge. And I think that was his key point 
well, amongst many that he made, was the the importance of making the commission a true representation of the city. And truly accountable to its people. Yes. And there was another there was other moments uh, near the end of it where it got a little contentious when he brings it up again or he brought that point up again um, for people who don't understand truly what that means in San Francisco. And obviously our friend has uh, his background and his uh, his roots in San Francisco. So he does understand it um, and understand just how f- I, I think he became increasingly frustrated near the end of the night um, with just how people didn't understand what that meant. They just felt that it was like this uh, uh, just because you uh, diversity on the commission doesn't necessarily mean that there are people of different genders or different colors, but also uh, it should what it should mean is that um, people of certain class levels, I guess to call it that, that yeah. would be much more important than having, you know, the quote unquote, what is diversity and, and what we're trying to, uh, uh, I guess, the, the sugar coated version, version of what of diversity means. And different lived experience, which I think is a thing that Cindy Wu did a really good job in her presentation about talking about. She she really in her in her presentation talked a lot about how the field of planning needs to change. And I think similarly to Chirag was like, let's not focus so much on this technical expertise. And instead, let's have planners like go live with people in SROs. Ride Muni. Ride Muni. Go like live with people in neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. And really kind of, I think she really humanized it. And is like planning is about determining what this family who has four kids, who's living in an SRO, how they navigate the city, how they get to be in the city. Um, and, and really, yeah. Bringing that in that, that we need to actually rethink how we prioritize things in planning. If we're going to make some of these changes. I like your note on this, uh, where you, you call it a super genuine. Yeah. I was sitting there with Suli, another one of our coworkers, um, and after after her presentation, she was like, "You can feel that Cindy feels this. Like this was coming from a real a real spot for her, which was was very cool to see." I th- I think the thing that I got from her presentation was a lot of, um, yeah, focus on the humans who are who are impacted by planning. Like that is what planning is about. It's about our lives. It's about our cities. And she, I think, drove that home. Um, she also, though, I would say. Um, having been a commissioner herself, acknowledged how um, how challenging figuring out the solution to this is. Like she kept saying multiple times, like there are no clear answers of how to make these changes. Was she the one that said near the end of hers, it almost feels like she was like, uh, she was throwing out suggestions that may seem a little from left field to use a sports analogy. Uh, her rich people commission. Yeah, she was like, yeah. <laughs> and she acknowledged just how kind of silly it may sound, but in doing so, she also uh, made it clear that this is a really difficult task to do. Even you, so, you have to come up with like really like uh, far out suggestions in order to actually get to to what you want. Totally, particularly we within the context that we're in now and the power structure that we're in now. Like, how do you, you need to make some, some big wild changes 
to to really make the degree of switch that we're talking about. Yeah, she definitely she definitely did that. Her rich people commission idea got me where it's like, actually, is there a way? Because there's a lot of critique of the planning commission being a space where rich white folks who are worried about their views come for discretionary review. And that, yeah, that's part of it. But there's also a way where some of the projects that are being talked about are from big developers and their community members who are saying this is going to increase gentrification in my neighborhood. And so how can we separate out those conversations so that the ones who are just, you know, rich white folks, like don't actually get the time and the space and the, and the people who are marginalized community members get some of the power that they have been denied so long. Who was the one other than Shirag who said that it's important to, for the commission to go where the people are? Was that, was that Ron? No, I, don't, I don't think that was right. I think it was also Cindy. Lots of people, Plaza 16 and the the groundbreaking way that they held um, a planning commission hearing here in the mission was brought first up. First time ever. First time ever was brought up in multiple um, presentations. Um, I can't, yeah, I can't quite remember. I think it might've been Cindy. Um, I think yeah. there was several people who who acknowledged that, right? Um, and, and that was that was. I mean, it seems so uh, elementary of an idea. Meaning, like, of course you would want to go out to where the people are, but the fact that it's only happened twice in the history of the commission, to my knowledge, because yeah, that's what you. Oh, twice is it, just a big. Um, uh, it's it's a big red flag to just how much of a disconnect there is for from the commission to to the actual people where, whose lives are impacted by their decisions. Totally, and I think the the point, you know, this is just our ode to Chirag. This is what this podcast <laughs> is. Let's not pretend <laughs> anything right, different. <laughs> um, but I think the point that Chirag made, as somebody who is one of the main organizers of Plaza Sixteen, is that this this planning. Um, commission hearing is now getting a lot of attention, but they had to fight for it for a year and the planning department and the commissioners tried to stop it, which is just like mind blowing that in, you know, in 2019, because that's when it happened, that still was seen as something, it was is still something to push back against. That doesn't seem that radical. It shouldn't be that radical. Um, and I think somebody else, maybe I can't remember who it was, was like, why can't we occasionally have a planning commission hearing on a weekend? You know, why can't we sometimes mix up these times? Yeah, for people who don't know, usually it's like, what, one o'clock in the afternoon? On a Thursday. On a Thursday. Um, they can go on for hours and hours and hours, which actually was pretty funny point at the end of it during the Q&A there was a commissioner there from the city of Hayward oh yes he said hers lasts for like two, two hours, hours. <laughs> <laughs> I started throwing oh. trash at her because he was like what what a world what a world so hard I don't have your problems but but she actually we could talk about that point a little bit um because again our friend brought up the idea of having the seats on the commission be elected Yes. Would seem to be, um, I don't know if anyone else brought it up. I think there was, um, Michael Yarny might have brought it up. Um, and then it got, it got pretty, uh, it got pretty heated at the end of the night, at the end of the panel. 
because obviously there are pros and cons to that, right? Um, but again, in the spirit of the evening and of the title of the panel, which is this re-envisioning of the Planning Commission, you need ideas like that. Maybe that's not, and even Dog mentioned the fact that it, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, uh, the, the conventional way of thinking of, of an election, but there are other forms of democracy that can be used that appoint the people who need to be on the commission to be there. I think, yeah, this is where um, this idea became kind of contentious. Is So here, Chirag put forward the idea that we should have these positions be elected so that there's actual accountability to the people that that are being impacted by the planning commission's um, decisions. And then this planner from Hayward or this commissioner from Hayward was like, Hey, I don't, I don't have the time or the, or the money, the money. to do this. And if, if you need $75,000 to get elected, then isn't that going to make it even more exclusive? But I think, I think your point is, is totally spot on Julio. Like why can't we re-envision how that election process would work? Maybe there's a, a public pot of money that says, Hey, if you're running for planning commission, you only get this amount of money and everybody has access to it. And that's what you have to work with. You know, like why can't we do something differently to, to bake, to, to recognize the ways that our current practice of elections is very money based and very exclusionary. So let's, let's shift that in this tiny model. And then they were talking also about, um, uh, uh, Millicent Johnson talked about the vetting process. Hmm. Right. She talked about how it took nine months or so. Um, and she also spoke to um, the fact that she has a very forgiving employer, the fact that she doesn't have any kids um, as uh, I guess I don't know what to call them, but uh, I guess uh, benefits to her actually being able to serve on the commission of that, which is unpaid. And that was another point that got brought up. Um making them paid positions. I think Chirag wasn't the only one to mention that. Someone else mentioned it and was talking about making it the the median, uh, the AMI of, of San Francisco. Set it at AMI. And I think that point was huge. And honestly, is something I didn't, not being an expert in the planning commission, I didn't realize that they were unpaid positions. And it's 30 hours of work a week. And who can, who can do that? Who has that? Who has that flexibility? You've got to have a fair amount of money yourself. You have to be retired or you have to be in a situation where you have an employer who says, okay, take half of your job time to do this other job, which most people don't have. And again, talking about the underrepresentation of this, we're in the mission now. So talking about uh, the people of the mission, um, that excludes almost everybody who's working class in 100%. our neighborhood because, you know, some people are working two jobs. They're already working those extra 30 hours to try to make ends meet. And it's it, 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 it that sort of um, those sort of restrictions make it impossible for anyone from our neighborhood to ever make it onto a seat like that. It's yeah, impossible. it's 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 really true. Like um, Teresa Imperial just got, I think, sworn in yesterday. Last week, we'll call it last week. Oh, last week. Out. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, podcast time. Last week uh, for um, the planning commission, and she she is awesome. She is a community based um, person. She's the ED of Bishop, um, but now she's gonna have to be the ED and do this additional unpaid labor. That's just wild. Yeah, it's keeping so many people out of this position. That's actually a really good uh, teaser. 
Uh, so we're working on getting her onto the uh, San Francisco Influx podcast. Uh, we were able to connect with um, uh, Commissioner Johnson, who presented at the event, at the panel. Um, she's agreed to be on the podcast as well. So we'll have a lot more about the Planning Commission in future episodes of San Francisco Influx uh, with our good friend Shira Bakta back behind the mic uh, <laughs> hosting. <laughs> Um, so look out for those, please. Uh, uh, iTunes, uh, Podbean, um, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Th- those would be really, really cool episodes. So we appreciate those who uh, follow us already and who are sharing it with everyone else. Yes, please keep sharing. Who should we talk about next? Um, I well, one point that stood out to me was not in John Ram's presentation, but in. Uh, a question that he raised at the end of the night, um, which he he pointed out that often planning commission hearings where decisions are made about projects or plans happen at, at the, the end, end after there have been years and years of work. And and that's when there's this point where people can like, whoa, 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 yeah, whoa, 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 exactly. What and do so, you mean you're doing this? Exactly. And so then there's all this anger and frustration of, oh, you're slowing down this process. We put in all this time. And so his his question was, why can't we move these hearings earlier so that actually people have input when it can, can really make a difference and change things? Um, and we were talking about this the other day and, you know, Chirag brought up the point that actually maybe Mr. Ram has pushed back on this happening in real life. So Let's let's name that. Let's name that. But I think that's a really important point that it seems messed up that we say, hey, here's this point where public participation can actually have an impact. But you're setting it up for failure if you're putting it at the end of the conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think our, our good friend uh, has his opinions about that particular topic in general and to have him, uh, Mr. Ram, actually propose that. Um Maybe he had an epiphany. Hopefully, just in his <laughs> final two weeks of his job. He's like, whoa. Maybe. <laughs> He's like, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> Change it to be more participatory, sure. Um, just a couple quick uh, points. Um, you know, Mr. Ron Miguel brought up uh, being more active in the neighborhood, which I think is really important as well. Again, not a should not be a revolutionary idea. And you would hope. You would hope. And having uh, commissioners actually represent specific areas of the city, which I think could be a good way to make sure that particular neighborhoods have their interests represented better. It's an interesting one to me. Uh, Tyra Fennell, who's doing work over in uh, the Bayview, talked about um, a project for hers. <laughs> she she and, did. Uh, she talked a lot about her company. And... Uh, <laughs> What else? Well, there was that one point that she made, which was about bringing information into the neighborhoods. Remember, she had that mobile uh, library idea. Yes. This, this, I guess, was something that the planning commission used to do. Okay. Yeah. Um, at least that's what I took away from her presentation. And it was the one, it was the one part of her presentation where I was like, oh, that's maybe a useful idea. That's an idea. And not a plug for your own work. Um, but uh, yeah, it was talking about vans that would go around with information about planning. Um, and that I think really would help people better understand who's making these, these decisions, what types of decisions they're making. After Tyra, we heard uh, Michael Yarny speak, social construct. Um, 
anti-democracy anti-democracy less is more but more is better um and his well maybe because it was near the end of it but i think his uh proposal or his his presentation drew the most reaction out of our group at mission housing right we were about 100%, a dozen of us 100 percent um I wouldn't say it was I, a good reaction. No, but I think in the spirit of in the spirit of what the panel was supposed to be, again, a re-envisioning. Now, whether that's a, a good re-envisioning or a bad one, it's a re-envisioning. So he's, he's hitting the nail on the head, right? So we can't ding him points for that. But there were several things that he brought up, mainly this idea of less democracy behind the commission being... Uh, um, um, empowering them, I guess we can call it that, to make bolder decisions, bolder planning decisions without having the the voice of the people uh, delay the process is what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode as one of those things where it sounded like he was, it wasn't a re-envisioning as much as it was, let's tweak it to make it so that the people who are already benefiting from the process benefit from it easier. Make my life easier, please, because, you know, I'm I'm already benefiting, but I want it to be easier for me to get that benefit. 100%. And I think that points to a big tension between the different presentations, which was this question of, is more participation actually a good thing? Do we want to make it so more people can access this process or do we actually want to make it so fewer people can access this process. And I think that that was one of the big questions that was being raised. And I have a very strong opinion about what the correct answer to that question is. You can give it. We're on, we're on this <laughs> podcast. It's okay. I think making it more accessible is the whole point. And maybe distinguishing between types of participation. You know, if Cindy Wu's point that there should like that a, a big amount of time is being taken up by people with privilege who are trying to exclude people from their their neighborhoods, like like let's make some distinctions there and say those aren't the types of issues that we want to take on as a commission. But that doesn't mean that we should limit the participation, particularly the participation of people who haven't had access to these these systems of power for a really long time. So yeah, I think that was a, a big tension in the night. It's like, should we make it so it's more streamlined and fewer people have access? Or should we make it so more people actually have access to it this? It could be just me, but every time he said, I have a really, I have a provocative idea, he kept looking over at us. <laughs> <laughs> the nonprofit group. He's giving him the stink eye the entire well, That's a nice way of saying, I don't know, your idea sounds yeah. kind of crazy. But yeah. again, in the spirit of, of what the panel was, and a re-envisioning of what it does. Um, it, it, it fit the bill, I guess. It fit what, what they were trying to accomplish. Um, or I think your point, I think your point that maybe it, it wasn't actually re-envisioning. Maybe it was just trying to make it better at what it already does. And so is, is that really a re-envisioning or is that just reinforcing the way things already work? So he just used the word provocative a bunch of times to make it sound like he was... It was hitting the nail on exactly. That. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it, it, situations like those, it, it's actually a better thing to have these different opinions because it does stir up more conversation, right? It does allow us to do a, a podcast episode like this and actually talk more about something that perhaps other people aren't aware of of what's happening. Yeah, well, and and the the 
question that I would put out there um, is, did this panel really, really bring a lot of different perspectives to the table? Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I think there was a pretty fair critique that uh, beyond Chirag and Cindy Wu that, um, that there needed to be more voices um, from those frontline communities who were part of this conversation. Um, and so I think it could have been built in a different way that got, that got more perspectives um, into the conversation for sure. Laura Foote was, well, she wasn't the last one to present, but she was the last of the uh, uh, orgs, I guess we can call it that, to present, uh, representing UB Action. Um, and she spoke, uh, she, her big point was, I'm looking at your notes. Yeah, she, she, I mean, I think similar to Michael Yarney, um, was making the point that there shouldn't be project by project conversation at the planning commission, but instead, um, this they should be making decisions about big plans and then once that plan is in place housing should just be approved according to the plan you're right i got distracted for a second there because her big thing was just planning commission should be planning yeah and she wrote in huge <laughs> she, <laughs> she wrote in very large letters and and the thing that i would push back there i mean i think this this kind of goes along this other thread that was in the night of um wanting more consistency i think i think there's this way that people want the planning commission to have rules that are followed consistently. And I, and the thing that I would throw out there is that consistency isn't always equity. And so, um, I, I, I think that some of the discretionary review actually allows for us to say, Hey, in this particular community, this project is going to have these particular impacts. Let's talk about that. Totally agree. Um, John was the last to speak. Um, uh, see here. It was only there for two more weeks. We already talked about that. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. He talked about how he's on his way out. <laughs> Deuces. Uh, um, and then the Q&A portion of the evening, which has got, that was by far the most contentious part of. When the uh, panels actually interacted with each other. <laughs> shout out to our boy again. <laughs> Held his own. Um, we had questions about, again, we already spoke about um, the election process of it, right? We talked about, um, see what other question was a good one out there. Someone was talking about parking, yeah. uh, which seemed very specific. Yeah, and, and not everybody really shut her down. <laughs> she wanted to respond to, which is pretty funny. And everyone was like, no. Was like, nope, we will not take <laughs> another comment about this topic. Um, um I, I do think the big takeaway for me from those questions was, um, again, from Chirag, shout out to you. Uh, but he raised this question of when we're talking about re-envisioning, do we actually have the intent to make it so that people of color, poor people have decision-making power over their communities? Because if, if you don't have that intent, then what are we talking about? And I think a lot of the panelists didn't, actually want to do what it takes to make that happen yes i agree and i think the trigger uh was when our homeboy was talking about white wealth yeah and really tossed that that term in people's laps and had it hurt a little bit uh to really kind of just it caused people to look inward and be like and you could just tell the reaction from some of the panelists who were just not about that life. Yeah. And there were some that were like, okay, I can, like, shout out to Commissioner Johnson, who actually spoke. I was there over that conversation she had with She Dog afterwards about 
again, diversity on the commission does not necessarily mean that there are males and females and um, people of different ethnicities on there. It's really about uh, a true representation of who these projects, uh, these developments are really affecting. And she understood. Which means economic diversity too. And there were people on there who didn't. Yeah, yeah. And who felt it, were really salty about it and felt the need to comment after he made those comments of like, Okay, that hurt me, but let's just put some vo- positive vibes out there, everyone. It's like, no, homie, you don't get to actually do that. Like, yeah. like face up and look at it. You know, put yourself in the mirror. Are you doing what you um, are intending to do, or is it just to make yourself wealthier and, and more rich? And if you are, keep it real. You shouldn't be talking on this panel. Uh, and if you aren't, what are we doing to actually improve? Right. That was really, really fun. I think I think you're totally right that people didn't want to sit with that question. No, they didn't, didn't want to sit with it. And that's what we need to do is we need to sit with it and be like, if we actually intend for this power to look different, what big changes is that going to take? This was fun. This was great. The uh, San Francisco Influx podcast is available on iTunes, Podbean. And Spotify. Spotify, Podbean, like the Garbanzo. Oh, like the Garbanzo. That's why you're pointing at me. Oh, it's my favorite line. Um. Spotify also available pretty much everywhere you get your podcast. So make sure you tune in, uh, share, subscribe. We appreciate all the love that we're getting so far. Um, we're going to do, we have this episode. I'm hosting another episode that's coming up afterwards. And then Chirag is back on the mic. Um, I don't know what we're going to do for that one. I think we're still mulling over some of the guests, but it's going to be a lot it's of It's going to be exciting. I think he's chomping at the bit to get back on the mic. <laughs> Mysteries. Mysteries. It's rich. Yes. So thank you everyone for listening. Aaron, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much.